and gentlemen, take the crown. There he is. One of my favorites in Phoenix, Arizona. I don't have any problems saying that. I've been putting you on my list lately, and people hate when I say names and make lists because, you know, <laughs> no. and nobody wants to be left off the list, right? They, they never put me on them anyway, so I'm good. Yeah, well, no, I put you on them because uh, your music uh, as an East Coast guy that just moved over here four years ago, uh, you know, your music rings a lot of bells uh, for me. And uh, I'm happy that you came in to sit down. First and foremost, you got a water. Would you like a beer or something? Would you like a fresh water? I got cold water. I got cold beer. Let me get a beer, man. It's been okay. a while. I'll, I'll drink a beer. I need one today. Okay. <laughs> it's one of them days. I got you. How you been doing those swerve, man? I, I watched the interview last night. Yeah, you did. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hold on. Let me get this. Let me get something going for you. Hey, this is light. You know, for Saturday morning, this is good. It's light. Oh, yeah. Nice Perfect. nice Michelob Ultra. That's what my wife likes and her white friends. So you found out I was, uh, do you like me the same? You found out I was not light-skinned last night, like some people find out. Yeah, that, that was disappointing. No, I, I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> For me, too. For yeah. me, too, when I figured it out. You know, it you took me a while a to figure it out. When I figured it out, yeah, I get that a lot. Since I've been in my early 20s, um, I went to college in North Carolina. And to be honest, way back then, Tay, they hadn't really seen white and black people hang out together. So when and and in North Carolina, there's a lot of very light skinned people. Yeah, there's a lot of mixture at some point somewhere. But but the white people don't claim it, you know. So. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, when they saw me hanging out with black people a lot, they I, I tend to think they just figured I was mixed or somewhat black because Sometimes you adapt to your surroundings. You I know do. I have. I have. Yeah. People wonder where I come from because of my dialect, and they don't think it's right that I come from Richmond, I Virginia. Thought you were, see, they I say, thought you was from the Bay, like Richmond, the, the Bay. Bay oh, yeah, Richmond Bay. Well, that's because, yeah. I got some vibes. I understand that because I've learned a lot about the Bay since I moved out here from meeting people and hanging out with people from the Bay. And the Bay is its own area. So being that I'm kind of different, I understand how people might think I'm from the Bay. Uh, they let white so, people say the N-word and everything up there. Do they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But not, but, but in, not in Richmond, not where I come from. So that's never that's been a like problem. The, that's like a, the real South out there, kind of. Yeah, oh, it's the, the real way, South. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. we're the real South. Like, we, in Richmond, they brought, you know, we still, the warehouses in the city that are near the river are the same warehouses they brought and stored yeah. people 400 years ago. I mean, the, the, you know, Arizona as a state is only a couple hundred years old or a hundred years old or something. My, the county I grew up in was 400 years old. So that's like one of the first colonies. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. In Virginia, you know, we 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 taught the rest of the country racism. You know, it's yeah. kind of where we, it landed there and started there and it kind of spread from there. You know, oh, the south, the deep south as well. Uh, sometimes I think the white people in Alabama can be a little worse than the ones in Virginia. You know, A lot of people leave. I've never been to Virginia, but I heard a lot about the racism out there. And a lot of people, yeah. they, they leave that part of the states out they always leave virginia out yeah. i'm like man i hear virginia is like one of the worst like yeah. places man for it well you know it's um you know i'll say it's nice because i grew up around all types of people people that were wealthy people that were not didn't have money i grew up around white people black people some asians like i've said before not a lot of mexicans but some puerto ricans so i grew up around a bunch of different people so i think that helped me in my life yeah. um you know and i was very much addicted to like i talked to last night once i found hip-hop i became addicted to it and black culture so uh you know and i was one of those there was a time I only dated black women and all that. Whatever, right. you know, I never made it to gold fronts. On, on the level of cool white guy, I never yeah. made it to gold fronts because that's a super high level for a cool white guy. When you go yeah. to when you go to gold fronts as a white guy, that's another that's another level. What about braids? Braids. Oh, braids. I'll tell you a funny story, Tay, because I feel like you're becoming a friend of mine. Hopefully you are. When I was in high school, there was only like three cool white guys in the whole. This is in the 80s. There was only three cool white guys. Mm -hmm. There was a homie, Kenny Parker, who was like the athletic, like, because he was cool. He, he played baseball, and that's how he kind of found his way into hip-hop. Talking about white guys, right? Yeah, white guys. Okay. Yeah, not Kenny Parker with BDP and all that. This is a guy who grew up in my high school. And, uh, and so he rapped and everything, but he was real cool with it. He always kept a certain amount of whiteness with his hip-hop, yeah. if, if that makes sense. Then there was a guy, Andy. I was in the middle, and then there was a guy who tried to go too black named Andy Cox. Now, salute to my homie Andy Cox. He tried to cut waves. He tried to hard cut 
waves into his head. Now, when I say he cut circles in his head. Yeah. And I've seen that before. Yeah, you seen somebody try that before? I've seen that a lot he, of times. He actually cut circles in his head. And mind you. Like a beehive in a way. The circles. Kind of way. Yeah, but it was close. You know, he had like a close Caesar, but then he cut circles in it to try to make it look like yeah. he had waves. Now, this is how white people get confused in hip hop. Yeah. And he got clowned for it. He learned quickly that was not the way to have waves. Of course. Yeah. And um, we get clowned for having fake waves. Right. Man. And, and, and credit yeah. to him, his circles were very like geocentric his circles were very like mm-hmm. it was it was well done it was just a terrible idea you know yeah. but enough about my silliness what's up with tay the crown where how long where did you grow i don't feel like you grew up in phoenix did you grow up in phoenix arizona uh i grew up my whole life in arizona i'm from okay. a small town out here called surprise surprise yeah okay. i kind of grew up half and half like maryville and surprise okay cool you know what I, mean? I hear a lot of maryville yeah, i hear surprise, a lot of my family's the first black people out there in surprise wow so they came out here in the 40s and 50s used to share crap work for people until they uh got a little bit of money and on their own land out there so right we kind of got like a a nice little square mile area man you know that's just an, my family. that's an incredible story yeah, yeah. being the first black anything anywhere in america is tough i didn't want yeah. to get that heavy this early in the interview but yeah that's tough being the first black family when you grew up you went to school there wasn't there wasn't a lot yeah uh was there other black kids in the school out there yeah i mean it was a sharecropping town between mexicans and blacks oh i you see know? so it was I always see. that i mean I see. when they uh about about <laughs> time i got to like towards high school area it really got like you know what they call it uh when all the white people start moving to the neighborhood uh what they call it gentrification yeah it got gentrified like okay you know what i'm saying so that's what happened but we still got our original square mile out there with just the original people that are there so okay that's good i got a stadium my uncle got a stadium named after him out out there uh uh spring training stadium okay what did he do what was his oh he was like the first one out of this town to make it to the majors oh Okay. He was on the Yankees, the Braves. Baseball. Yeah, okay. Baseball. Okay. You know, he kind of came back to the town and got like the, the sports program started. That's and, wonderful. That's a know? great thing. No, that's yeah. a great thing for him to do. Um, and that's a big thing to have in your family. Uh, you know, yeah. that kind of that kind of like stardom in your family, especially I imagine coming from Surprise. Yeah, it's a, it's a town where everybody thinks it's really all suburbs and it's close to Sun City. Okay. You know, that ain't how how it started out. It was a share car, uh, crop in hard working town. Right. Sometimes I come out in the morning and I I just look everywhere around and all I see is like a lot of landscaping trucks. Everybody getting to go to work in the morning. About seventy five percent of landscapers and you know hard working Hispanic people out there. Mm-hmm. So it still has that vibe, that hard working vibe. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. All the houses were handed down to the kids, generation to generation. You know, a lot of land being bought and still kept out there. Mm-hmm. It's dope. I like it. Something mm-hmm. brought me back. When I moved from Maryville right back over there for some reason, and I've been there ever since for the past three or four years, you know? That's incredible. I have to add surprise to our list. We've talked to Tombstone and Jerome and Tucson, and so we're making our way around the state, talking yeah. to artists, you know? Um, what got you, to be honest to me, you know, what, what brought me to you was you have such a, I don't know, to be fair, East Coast sound, I get that a lot. Uh, I'm sure you do. Um, coming from Surprise, Arizona, um, how does that happen? Shit, we had a lack of music out here in Arizona. A, a lack of music. All, all we was pretty much used to was uh, Snoop Dre, Ice mm-hmm. Cube. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, you got friends that come from East, different areas of the world, and, you know, they come and bring these things, and you start learning. Like, oh, there's a Wu-Tang Clan out there? I remember I stole... The first time I ever heard Wu-Tang or any other type of music besides West Coast was in high school. I stole a book of CDs out of a locker and it had nothing but East Coast shit. Mm-hmm. I almost threw it away until I put on that Wu-Tang Forever CD. Changed my life since then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? See, Changed so, my perspective. Just for people out there, good things can come from robbery. It's a good thing. Good things can come from <laughs> Good robbery. things can come from robbery. It's not all bad. <laughs> Nothing's talk. ever 100% bad. True. Um... I saw you did an interview with a with a uh, interview group that was affiliated with the Licks. Oh uh, yeah, uh, the and King boom, T. The Boom Bap meets G Shit Radio. The Boom yeah. Bap meets G King Shit. King T Radio. Yeah, yeah, a good name and a good name for someone involved with King T because uh, he was always been since his first record. He was always one of my favorites. Mine too. And he always had a bit of um, 
it's 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 one it's interesting that you say that because when I think um he always had a bit of an East Coast flavor with his music, at least until the Dre record. And um, you know, similar to you and 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 you to me you would have fit right in with the licks, if it were. It's funny that you're talking about the licks because I got a couple songs coming out with them. Uh, I've been I've been in cahoots with them lately. J Row and Tash. Fuck out of here, really? Yeah, Jane Ron. That's big news. I love to hear. I love to hear it, and I know we can talk about. You know, you got some nice collaborations already. We'll get into that. But uh, I just think that's a perfect fit for you. Like if if they Tash is my guy. If they were if they were rolling rolling, I don't know what they're doing, what they're not doing. I don't want to disrespect, but if they were still rolling as hard as they did at one point, I feel like you would have been the next. You could you could have been like the next generation of the licks, bro. Like. I studied Tash's stage performance, man, to this day. You know, I tell him that crazy too, good, you know crazy I mean? great, crazy incredible lyricist and artist that doesn't Never get his just due. I think he gets looked over a lot. Uh, yeah, he does, man. Uh, he, because he was just one of those groups, man. Yeah, super groups. Great me. music, like the Beat Nuts. Great music. Um, They're the West Coast Beat Nuts. The West Coast Beat Nuts. <laughs> That's way. a good way to put it. Yeah. And and the DJ with his production and just, uh, man, I just love love their first two records. The third and fourth one, a little bit, but the first two records just hit me at a time in my life. So I'm a big, I'm a big. Uh, they still sharp too, man. Fan. I, I, I don't Smart, doubt they it. They still sharp. J still sharp. I don't doubt it at all. Sharp, they, you know, they were the epitome of a group to where their styles just meshed with each other and the production and everything just as a package just was incredible yeah. and great. And uh, I really dug them. And I know for them it was probably hard being a West Coast artist, not. On the G funk, you know, because they were yeah. in the heat of the moment of the G funk and weren't G funk, and uh, they always try to label. When you come from the West, that's what they want to label you. Always, they always want to put you in the G funk category. Just yeah. me too, man. Like producers, man, I, I hate when they do that. They just send me nothing but West Coast slaps, and I'm right. like, this ain't my style, really. But, right, you know? right. Yeah, I can dig it. I can dig it. Um, yeah, I mean, you, your records lately, I, um, jewelry and. Um, the Kumite, 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 Kumite. <laughs> the jewelry, the jewelry and Kumite, man. They're my favorite records, and jewelry was one of my favorite records of 2020, man. I just played it every week almost, just because. A lot of times I get uh, amped up on a caffeine pill or Red Bull and smoke a little weed, and that's what I do to get amped for the show. And certain records just hit my heart when I'm playing you them. You broke man. that record. You're the first one to break it. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, you saying did, it. It seemed like people started following. Okay, well that's a that that means a lot to me. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Um, And I've been, you know, I've been trying to turn all my East Coast family onto your music because I don't think they would understand something like your music coming out of Arizona unless they heard it for themselves. Yeah, and I, I think Arizona is a mystery. At least it was until I moved here. I think to a lot of people that, especially on the East Coast that are far away, Arizona is a bit of a mystery. You don't know what's going on over here. Yeah. Because, it, and, and, to, and to, their, to, to that point, it is very diverse. There's people like you, people like Yo Westwood, who's very G-Funk, very West-West. You have the Northern California sound. Mm-hmm. You have South Park Mexican influence artists like AVD and, the, and uh, Hispanic. Or, well, you know, I feel like that's part of my shock value. I like showing up to the spot, Dickies and Chucks and and when I grab that mic, it come out a different way than right. what people expect. Right. I can see the the looks on people's faces when I come out with it. And that, I think that's the best part about it to me. Man. You know? I'm sure you stand out because of that. People remember yeah. you. Yeah. And you have a distinctive look. Um, has anybody ever accused you of looking like Master P's brother? Nah, but they said that fool looked like me. <laughs> <laughs> The one that can't rhyme. I hate to even mention his name and say you look like him. Silk, Silk Shocker. Yeah. yeah, I didn't got Silk corrupt Will Smith. I didn't got every light skinned brother in the book, probably man. Well, Will Smith. I ain't never got no Silk. I was gonna say. I was gonna say Will Smith. I might take as a compliment. You know, when an asshole calls you Silk the Shocker, that might be fighting words. I don't know, but uh, I hope not. Yeah, Silk is paid. Master P did fine. They doing all right. They got um. They actually. I don't want to break any news, but there might be some advertisements (laughs) coming from that team coming to respect under ground soon um you know because they're taking over everything ramen noodles and everything they're taking right. over i got everything. some of his noodles and chips at the house right now so you mentioned you you were listening you listened to king t the licks um you found that one, at a certain point you, the people of surprise in that area got turned on to some different kinds of hip-hop who do you like in this who do you like do you live in phoenix now or do you still live in surprise i don't know Forever, I'm gonna live in surprise. You, you just you just go yeah. stay there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's good. I like the representation. 
uh, Bruce is real big about representing East Mesa, and I live in Mesa, so he, he's real big about representing Mesa. I don't think he lives in East Mesa. I do. I, I misspoke. But anyway, who is um, in the of Arizona artists who shines? Who who stands out to you? Uh, to me, first and foremost, let me see. I would have to give Deli and De La Prim they just do. You know, those are my, I agree. Those are my peoples right there, man. Uh. Let me see who else, man. Uh, shit, there's a gumbo pot of niggas. Man, I got there's OG Bobby Negro. I don't know okay. if you ever heard of him. Dope. dope I've heard dope the name. Artist. I haven't got his music yet. I need to get up on Bobby. Dope artist. Uh, I'm just gonna call him Bobby if it's all right with you. Yeah. <laughs> if you're comfortable, <laughs> we don't want to take any chances. We don't, I'm trying to preserve my good name. You know, I've been 50 years and and uh, you know that's not my bag. So I'm right, trying to preserve right, my good name. Right. But who else? Don't let me cut you uh, off my craziness. There's some white boys out there. Uh, the Calistro Camp. You ever heard Calistro Records? Nah, you I'll check them out. Them up, man. Are they on your no. side of town? Are they Phoenix? Yeah, they they okay, okay. Mason Graves. Uh, man, they got a whole clique of cats, man. Grim Moses, Maze Overlay. Did you grow up? Did you when growing up? Did you hang out with white boys and Mexicans, or uh, who, what was your cir- uh, what was your circle like? I'm a neutral guy, you know. So mm-hmm. I. I hung out with everybody. I get along with everybody. You know what okay. I'm saying? So okay. That's, okay. That's good. That's good. Um, how did you get connected with, with the beat maker, Jake? Jake Lockley? Yeah, Jake Lockley. Man, he called me one day drunk. Never met him before. He said, look, I might be a little tipsy, but I love your music. I've been trying to get the courage up to talk to you. Here I am. Let me send you some beats. Send them. And he sent uh, the Kumite. And I was like, yeah. We gonna we gonna get yeah, to it. Yeah, good. You know what I mean, that's a crazy way to int- be introduced to a producer. That's brand new, yeah. you know. But it's it's it shows respect that he um, he had enough respect for your craft that he he you know he 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 wanted Dude's to approach like you the that, right man. way. He didn't know he didn't know how to approach you, you know, because you know he didn't know you, but he wanted to work with you. That's very interesting, you know. Yo, he when you okay now when you just not social him, media. He didn't like. Uh, no, he hit me through messenger. Oh, okay, you know what I'm okay, but, okay. I would rather talk about producers than other artists, though, because... Okay, let's I think talk that, about producers. A, Who did Jewelry? Jewelry, uh, Verve from Arizona, another guy that you probably don't hear about. No. I want to know these names. I want to know these people. Yeah. Verve? I work with, like... Vern or Verve? Verb. Verb. Okay, Verb. From Arizona. Verb from Arizona, That's the whole, whole name. name. Okay. One, one name. Because I love that track. I want to find him just so I can tell him how much I love that record. Oh, he's you know? dope. He's yeah, dope. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like working with how producers hard is it How hard is it to find producers for your type of music uh i mean i guess not that hard they get drunk and call you but but uh shout to jake i know jake's watching the show <laughs> he show is is jake your go-to white boy now is he the latest and who's your go-to i ask everybody that who is your go-to white boy my go-to white boy right now is jake yeah i got a homie i got a couple white homies man that that's I good you go can shout them out man. if you want but yeah, yeah if not it's okay but you gotta have go-to i believe shout everybody all needs my a, white homies you know who you are everybody needs a go-to white homie <laughs> you know yeah uh i appreciate that i've been the go-to white homie before so that's why i asked you ever heard of atm the professional Mm. Something about that sounds familiar, but no, nah, I don't think so. He produced the whole album of EBT I had last year. Okay. You know, See, I need to get into that. He I got me started. It. He got me started, to be honest. You okay. Know what I'm he, he, well, that's a big deal. He showed me a lot. ATM. Yeah, ATM the professional. He works for everybody. So you got started a year or two ago? Is that what you're saying? About, yeah, a couple years ago, like doing this shit, like for real, about a couple years ago. What, what, what made that decision for you to kind of take it serious? Because I know you rapped before that, because you rapped too well. Did well, you... I used to do poetry back in the day. I have a, a poem published in the National Library Book of Poetry at a high school. Okay. And I was That's trying big. to find a different way. You know, homies, you know, I'm from the streets too. You know what right. I'm saying? So a lot of the homies wasn't, they wasn't hearing that poetry They don't click shit. the fingers. They don't They don't respect it. Even, no, with, deaf, even with deaf poetry jam, they still don't get it. Yeah, no. I had a verse where I said something like, you know, the homie wouldn't hit me. I had to put it on stereo. Like, I had to rap. For you, you know, right. to get my point across, for you to relate to me in some kind of way, you know what I mean? If that's what I got to do, that's that's what I have to do. And that's how I kind of started, you know, besides people you. telling me every now and then I'm dope and I want to get doper. I know I was cool with these words. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to put it in a fashion to where everybody can understand it around me, around my surroundings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how it always began. But, you know, now it came to this. It's a career. I stopped everything I'm doing. I don't work no more. This is what I do to survive. That's a big step. Up. That's a big step. Scary step. Yeah, it's a scary step. How's it going? Great. Okay. Better you, than you, still shine, you still shining. 
glasses are crisp. The, yeah, yeah. The, the teeth and the, and the neck is still bling. So yeah, man, you just got to keep your networks going, man. Stay on your job every okay. day, all day. Because especially in COVID, you know, it's a tough time for people. Because life was the best. I felt like oh, okay. Speak on it. Despite all on the it. people and all the things that are going on with the deaths, I lost a lot of great people in my life. A lot of great people. Yeah. But as far as financially. Like, people are at home sitting in front of their phones and computers, and they're working from home. Yeah. I feel like just my music is being heard a little bit more. My numbers went up. Money went up. Yeah. Good. That's, that's all right. Congratulations. You know? Well, you know, everybody has said that this thing is very bad for some, and it's been good for others. So, you know, I guess you just got to accept the blessings. I don't like the people dying, man. That, that, it's hard I to accept that. I lost a lot that. of good people yeah. out there. That shit hurts. I agree. It's hard to accept that anytime people pass. It's hard to accept. Rest in peace, uh, Diesel and uh, Daniel. That's what's up. Word up. Yeah, especially, yeah, Daniel. Uncle Word Rudy. Damn. Well, you know, RIP. Rest in peace, rest in power for all of us. Everybody's been negatively affected by COVID, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> what's your take on, uh, you think COVID is man-made? You think it's just a flu came from a bat? What do you think? I think. Uh, you a conspiracy guy? You believe in any I'm a, conspiracies? I'm a big conspiracy Something guy. Something told me you might be. Something uh, told me. You think, think, you think the earth up. is flat? Nah, <laughs> Earth's not flat. You don't go that far, huh? I think it's brown, man. It's, it's, what about uh, Epstein? Epstein killed himself. Hell yeah, he killed himself. You know what he did? Epstein killed himself. He killed himself. I think he killed himself because that's a that, bigger. You know that's, that information was killing him. That's it's wild. Him. It's wild that at this point, that's a bigger conspiracy than him being killed by somebody else. Mm-hmm. If you really truly think that he killed himself, because everybody went the other way. That you know he yeah. was. You know so. But I just feel like the information he was holding got to him, man. He was, shit. What can you do when you're in the pen? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough. Yeah, they have a lot of doctors that said that that he they broke stuff in his neck that he couldn't have broke on his own well yeah there's some evidence to that maybe somebody in the pen you know? yeah yeah they think well you know they this is one of those conspiracies that even a lot of people that don't believe in conspiracies can believe in because you know they um you know i don't want to get into it but if you look into the details they they put him into this uh they put him into the cell with this massive man that had been known to kill people you know and oh, uh, is this the story when god told me to do it if he said something like that like uh, he said something like God told me to kill him or something. I don't know. I don't know. I never heard any. Oh no, that was an R. Kelly heard, guy. Yeah, that was, that was R. R. Kelly, Kelly guy. guy. I never heard any <laughs> of the details. But anyway, so so I'm trying to zero you in on your conspiracy. So the Earth's not the Earth's not flat. The Earth's round. Jeffrey uh, might have killed himself. But he might not. He might I not. You'll give us that. Okay, right. Jeffrey might not have killed himself. Whatever. Uh, I mean, you know, I you know, I don't know. There's, I, I believe so. What do you think? We went to the moon. Nah, my grandmother didn't either. Your grandmother never thought we went to the moon? Nah, nah. It was kind of weird that, that to think that, because the, the, their story is, their story is that they were actually sending video footage from the moon live back to the Earth in 1969. Has anybody ever peeped that? Like, how did that happen? Like, I don't know. They had FaceTime back then? I don't know. Like, from the moon? Like, you can't... Nowadays, you can't... Sometimes I can't even get a FaceTime back to Virginia right, but yet they had video footage live from the moon? I don't know. You know. Uh, my grandmother, she put it plain and Give simple. Give me her perspective. She That's put it plain you. and simple. I asked her when I was little. When we were studying it, she said, uh, you think somebody can get that close to God? <laughs> oh yeah, I love that. Plain and simple. I was like, yeah. You know what? I don't think so. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about uh, simulation? God's plan or simulation? We're living in. That's a tough one, especially if you're raised Christian. I'm not a. Uh, I was raised Christian, but I'm grown down and yeah, you, know, you kind of strayed away from it. I get it. Uh, I'm not a Christian. I'm a. Uh, I'm a religious person, but I'm not religious, but I'm holy. Yeah, right. Spiritual. Uh, some so people spiritual. say. Spiritual. Yeah, yeah. uh, I believe in a higher power. I believe everything is a higher power's plan. Yes, I do. Okay. I believe that this is already made up. This is what we're already supposed to do in a way, right. man. You, I believe you, this. I'm going to put it like this. I believe that this is choose your adventure. Yeah. You ever read them books? Yeah. Choose, go yeah. to page 56 if you want to do this. Or, right, right, right. I believe right, that's right. exactly what it is. Sure. Sometimes it's already planned out like. if you go this way. And it's if you go this way, it's already planned out either Once way. Once you make certain choices. Yeah. 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 I can understand that. And it seems like that. Uh, I, I don't know. It could be God's plan or simulation, but I know you're not supposed to leave early. You're supposed to finish the game. I get the feeling yeah, you're supposed right. to stay and finish the game, whatever yeah, right. that is. You know, we so. still we here for truth. 
Yeah. I mean, every day of our lives, we're supposed to be in search of truth, I believe. Man. I got so high one night, Tay, I had a dream that I figured everything out. Like how it works on the other side, why people come here, why people have harder lives than other people. But I had in my dream of this dream, uh, I had the feeling that if I started telling people, it would break the rules of the game. So then like that's when people got to die. Like when you start like if you figure the game out and you start telling people, you got to go. You coming out the game. So I want to stay a while longer. So I'm not telling anybody the details. Yeah, I'm trying to stay. You know, I get real high and I think about crazy things. That's what I like to do. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, Is it quiet out there in Surprise? Is it uh is yeah, it peaceful? not on my street? Man. Oh y'all rocking. Y'all rocking. Is it is it mainly your family that lives in that square mile or is it yeah, just I mean, yeah, mostly my family, but it's most everybody else that we grew up with. Right, we, right. We all know each other. Just tight. Even if not family, you're just tight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all like next to kin. That's Kim a beautiful Bunks, thing. Homies, you know. I talked to some of the uh white rappers and Mexican rappers about how it is when you first tell your friends and family that you're gonna pursue rapping seriously. How was it for you when you told your friends and family um sometimes family can be like you know you should get a job like you should you know yeah. like, or sometimes friends are kind of friends can be weird about calling you your rap name or something like that yeah. you know so what, what was your experience when you told everybody or let everybody know you were going to start pursuing this seriously i can give you uh two different time frames when okay. i first started everybody was like yeah everybody raps fast forward to when I get out the penitentiary seven years later, you shouldn't do nothing else but rap. You gonna make it. I can tell. My lady, she, uh, I thank God for her. She told me, drop everything and rap. I, I, I'll back us up if it all falls down, but mm-hmm. pursue this 100%. Wow. And that's the only reason why I honestly did it. Cause I'm like, maybe if she's telling me this, maybe this shit is real. That's rare. You find a woman that supportive. We were talking earlier about your women being supportive of creative people yeah. or, you're, or it, it, women, man, it doesn't matter when you, you're a creative person. Important. When you, when you have a relationship, yeah. it's so important for that relationship to be supportive of your creativity and, or, or else it's just hard. To yeah, do Cause the lady I had before I went to the penitentiary and Tell I said, I want to rap. Yeah. She laughed. No, that's, that's whack. That's the wackest shit. I didn't heard. Like, yeah. You're a gangster. You know, right. why would she you would do ra- all this? She'd rather you stay in the street. Yeah, that shit is like funny. That sounds like power. Kid like, shit. What's, what's his ghost's wife? Wanted him to, didn't want him to fly straight. Want him yep. to stay in the street. Yep. Um, yeah. What, uh, you don't have to, if you don't mind, you, you mm-hmm. did seven years? No, I didn't do no damn seven years. Oh, I did two and a half years. I'm oh, just okay. saying that was like the time. Oh, frame. seven years later, you came back. I got you. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Uh, how was your experience inside? Uh, it was very boring. It was yeah. a waste of time, but it was the best thing that probably happened to me at that time. I, I needed to sit my ass down somewhere, and that was probably the only way it was going to happen at that time. You Did you rap I mean? a lot in there? Did you write at all? I started. I, I wrote every day. I started rapping. I honed my skills in there. Uh, when, I, when I got out, I, I, I got out running. I with my feet on the ground, ready to go with did the you, shit. Did you battle any other guys? Any other? Every Friday, y'all, y'all, I, I created. Oh, every a, Friday, y'all battle. Every rap? Friday, I created a platform in there, Freestyle Fridays, where you get all everybody into that raps. Oh, you made a you show. Know. You promoted a show. Kind of. Yeah. yeah, kind of. I mean, for, for the standard of what you had yeah. to work with, it sounds like you did a good job with that. My my only reference is through movies and books. I've never even done a night in lockup. So, like, my vision has always been from House Party, from Kid and Play. Yeah. That That's why I've always freestyed. <laughs> That's why I became such a good freestyler because back when I was selling weed, I figured I might go to jail one day. I did get yeah. a ticket for sell- for having weed, but I didn't go to jail over it. Um, but point being, I said, man, that's all I've got. I'm not, I'm not Muslim. I'm not black. I don't, I can't join the Aryan nation. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to have to rap really good like kid in the movie to keep, to keep people up off me. You know, in jail, like white people weren't even allowed to rap. Wow. They weren't. I wow. had, I had a guy that I was teaching. I was teaching him how to write bars in there. Okay. Secretly, he would have to do this with me. Like, right. You know, I would teach wow. him how to Wow, that's game. I never shit. heard that. So there's definitely watch BET, there's but. definitely discrimination against uh, white rappers in jail. It, it, it's weird. Or they have to rap with they themselves. Don't want, they don't want you to do black things. Oh. You can do whatever you want, 
I don't want you to do black things. That's their oh, philosophy. Oh, shit. We don't, that, we don't want you to do Mexican I'm glad things. I'm no a civilian because yeah. I can't fucking go to jail. How am I going to go to jail right now? I, I don't. Even, I'm glad I'm a civilian. Yeah, but you got, the, you got the rebels in there that some white people just don't give a goddamn. Like, my well, shit. Well, do, you have to fight that, that, do you have to fight to rap? Like, you, you're pro- if you start rapping, you're probably going to have to fight somebody. It oh, sounds for like a white guy? Yeah. You're probably going to have to fight every day. Like if you do, if you have braids in your hair, if you have a line, I, I, this is the craziest shit I seen. They ain't let them get lineups. Like they, they didn't let them get lineups. Line you can't yeah. get a proper haircut because it's too black. Yeah, man, this sounds black. like Glen Allen, Virginia, where I grew up. Shout out to Glen Allen. You don't get hey, that lineup. This is a very racist state, though, too. Yeah. So, so you think maybe it's because I've heard jail can be different state to state, Florida, yeah, you know, New York. Everybody's kind of got a little different rules. Everybody plays with the rules different. Yeah. Sometimes white people are more I integrated. I, than I really others. don't know. I, I thought everywhere around was very racial, like how the system is out here. It's but easy I, to think I came to find out Utah's different, Colorado's different. Okay, like some. You can get in the cell with a white guy, be housed with him. Like in prison out here, no, you gotta, they put you automatically with your race. Right. Uh, Oh, so the state does that. You don't even have the choice or the opportunity. That's just, that's the way they wanna handle you. With me, they were confused because I'm mixed. I'm half black and half Mexican. Yeah, what the fuck? They were, and my last name is Garcia. How do they handle that? (laughs) Yeah, I know. That fuck niggas up too. You know what I'm saying? I have to to tell them. You know what I'm saying? Because I went in there with like you know I cut all my well, hair. Off. Yeah. I, I was gonna say, but when it's that when it's that like you know when a white guy can't even rap and get an edge up, and I assume like a black guy can't enjoy a taco in public. Like, how do you handle being actually half Mexican and half black? You you uh you either choose a side. To be honest with you, so I mean, you just went black and they were like, "You black enough? We let it I go." I grew up with Mexicans my whole life. Like my whole family Mexican. I'm. I would have chose Mexican. You know, it right. would be only natural. Did you grow up with the black side of the family? Is that yeah? Okay. I grew up with all blacks. You okay. Know what I'm saying? Was your your father black? Your, I'm my, just my guessing. dad's Mexican. Your dad's my Mexican. Dad, my mom's black. Your mom's you know black. Saying? Okay. What um have you ever dated a, a Latin woman? Oh yeah, I got Latin kids. Oh, you got Latin kids. Yeah, I got, I got What's it like? Kids. Because you know, like I said, crazy. No, well, well, I was gonna say I was. You know, I grew up on the East Coast. We had Filipinos and Puerto Ricans, and we had a girl that was Filipino who said she was Puerto Rican because it wasn't cool to be Filipino back then. Uh-huh. Um, but we didn't have any real Latin. We didn't have a big. We didn't have a lot of Puerto Rican women. And we didn't have a large any Latin women really. So I and I, I interracially dated. I know what it's like to be approached by a black woman. I know what it's like to be approached by a white woman. Uh, but just my curiosity as a married man, I love my wife. She's the only vagina I will ever be with she the rest black? of my life. No, she's a white woman. Okay. Uh, there was a time when a, a white woman could only tap the shoulder of a black woman to get her attention for me. But that was back when I had jungle fever. Like I told him last night on the radio, you know, dating black women only is so 80s. That's so spikely, do the right thing. That's so back then. Like in the 90s, me and the brothers, we started dating white girls and we never looked back. And then, you know, we got money. We got white girls. That's what we did. You know, that's what we do. So going forward, what is it like to be approached to be uh, by a Latin woman? What is it approach when a when a when a when a Latin woman has you in her eyesight and she's getting ready to make sure and she wants it to go down? What is it like as opposed to I know what it's like when a white woman wants you and I know what it's like when a black woman comes after you. What is it like when a Latin woman comes after you? In my experience, it's more uh, more flirtatious in the beginning. It's more kind of like recognizing that they recognize you in a little playfulness. Versus like a black woman. Are they more open? I feel like black women were more open. They would let it be known they liked me. White women oh, were yeah. more reserved. I black had to kind of figure was, it a out. Black woman will holler at you. Right. So a black woman. Right. Oh, yes. what's your name? Yes. Ooh, yes. You're kind of cute. Yes. A Mexican woman saying, wants yes. you to see her first, kind of like. Oh, okay. Like, I want you to see that I'm bad. And, you know, we're going to play this game for a little while, then, you know. Did Some you, before the ones you, in my experience. The one, the woman you have the kids with. You mentioned you have uh, mixed kids. I mean, you mentioned you're mixed, but before you, uh, did you have to brush up on your Spanish before you went to her family cookout? Like, how was it to my to my past? Uh, well, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. when you when you're when you're dating when you take your individual when you take the crown or, or dating a woman of Latin descent, however you want to say it. Do is there problems with her uncles or her brothers and shit? Is Hell it? yeah. <laughs> Straight up and down. I thought it might be. All I'm top. just turning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, because they shit, man. How far? How is it? Did you <laughs> in jail or with them? How much did you have to explain that you're half 
Mexican. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I didn't explain shit to them. It was just you accept me or not. You yeah, know okay. I mean? Kind of the same way in jail. It was, right, right. You know, they didn't even, you know, they help you in jail. They help you with your betting. Your people come to you. Yeah. I, both sides were looking like, who? What yeah, who's, who's, I don't, who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, that, that's such a down moment for me. I feel like I would go to jail the first day, and there you got, you know, Aaron the Aryan on this side, and you got Brother Shaheem on this side, or maybe the Puerto Rican or Latin Kings or whatever on this side, and they just looking at me, and I just have to, I would just have to look down and be so disappointed and be like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Aaron and them. But brothers, would, they, they, they're going to, like, they eventually approach me. They know I'm black. You know, right, they, right. they just want to see where I'm going to fill in that. You sure. know, that's how I feel like, man. Because, you know, at first I just would have thought you were a light-skinned black guy. I would have yeah. never known you had the, the mixed heritage. Um, yeah. But then, you know. I'm it, like a product of Arizona for real, man. Yeah. I mean, what's an Arizonian without some kind of Mexican in your blood? Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> that's, talk. I mean, hey, you know, that's, you know, to a lot of people, they want to see the native uh, perspective and, and, and Mexican perspective represented uh, first here. They or people, you know, I feel like they want to see it represented, not forgotten about, while mm-hmm. everybody else is represented, which is fair, which is true. You know, yeah, you know, I mean, anyway, I'm catching up to speed. You know, the funny thing about when I moved here is all I knew about Arizona was. PE wrote a song about y'all and y'all took too long to have the Martin Luther King holiday. But then when me and my wife got here, one of the first things we did was we went to a Martin Luther King parade and there was nothing but white people there. And it, and I couldn't figure it out. I was like, well, if y'all, what year was this? Uh, three years ago. Oh, damn. That's like the ending of it. Before you wouldn't even see no white people there. It would be so. There was a time I used where- to didn't even like going to the King parade after a while because it would be riots. We was on CNN at a time, man, for a Martin Luther King Day holiday. White, pe- white people were that angry against a holiday, a day off. Yeah. <laughs> Has crazy. anybody ever considered that, how crazy that is? A motherfucker's trying to give you a day off, and they want to fight. That's crazy, man. It's just the country. I can go on and on. I don't even want to get into that, man. It's just We can skip it. It's heavy. Uh, it's heavy. You um, see what I got on today, man. You see what I'm Yeah, wearing. I appreciate that. Black Panthers. Yeah, that's real shit. I appreciate everybody. Um, that was one of the surprises when I moved here. Because looking at the numbers, I said, man, this is a huge hip-hop market. But then when you break down the percentage of black people, you know, it's it's not as much percentage as other places. So then there's just not as much momentum for some things. As, when, I jumped in, when I jumped into the game out here, I, I, I don't know why. Because when I followed it back in the IROC days and the bookie days, yeah. I thought, like, this is... There's going to be a lot of black people out here, but it isn't. Right, like, right. It's, it's very scarce. I mean, yeah. for the ones that are making it and, and every day working at it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the ones I'm talking about, not yeah. the not the hobbyists, but yeah, yeah, the ones yeah. that are really doing this shit. Yeah. It's yeah. really scarce. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially for the music I do, if you want to call it boom bap or whatever, you know, there's not a lot of black guys out here that do it well. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no. I mean, no. not even white guys do it well, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, especially not them. Shit, man. Shout out to Jake, though. Jake makes some banging beats. What does Jake make his beats on? Do we know that? Do you know? I don't know. That Jake can type it in. Type it in the comment. Tell us what you make your beats on. Is he tuning in right now? Oh, yeah. Jake's been watching this. What it it do, Jake? He loves the go-to white boy quote. Jake is out here working, man. He out here trying to work with every great artist, and he's about to with me. That's great. That's great. Now, I appreciate that y'all connected. Y'all's music sounds great. I feel like y'all are a great combination together, and I think- some new shit I promise it's gonna slap everybody in the face this year now you did the classic thing that a a lyricist in your position would do you went and got a collaboration with one of the premier lyricists of the whole west coast Raskaz Raskaz yeah man how did you make make that happen you reached out what what happened Uh, with that give us a story on that the guy who produced the beat which is C1 he's another one of my favorite producers from out of Compton, California, migrated out here. Long story short, he threw me an alley-oop, man. Me and him got a, a project coming. I know you see all the songs I'm dropping. That's, yeah. that's mainly C1s. Okay. That's all C1s beats. Okay. And he got, he from Scandalous, you know, Scandalous Records, back in the high C and the, you know, the Tony yeah. A days. You yeah, know yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's but, what's uh, up. Yeah, that, that dude right there, man. Well, he um, did you have a good experience working with him? He shipped in the verse and everything worked out all right. Cause um, yeah, he, like he's I said, a legend. You know, he's a legendary status. You know, he, he's he shot the verse quick. I did, I did the verse, <laughs> went out there and shot the video. It was very, 
very cool ass dude, man. You know, very professional, yeah. down to earth. Yeah. One of my favorite lyricists of all time. Guaranteed in my top five. Guaranteed. Yeah. You know well, he's a lyricist, lyricist. No these are all dreams come. These are dreams coming true. Dreams coming to life. I want to state and, that and too. quickly, quickly for Dead you. Dead ass serious. I never thought I'd be working with a Tash or a Rascal. These are guys I grew up on. Yeah. It's, it's very humbling that they think I'm cool enough to even be in this, man. You know. Well, man, I think you're. I think you're a part of a new uh, a new wave. I think um, hip hop is big enough now, and we've grown enough to know that there's a lot of different kinds of hip hop, and it's not like one fades out or falls off it's just whoever's got the attention at the time and there's a lot of room and there's a room for everybody griselda has brought back the boom bap sound hard and i think the more some people go trap there's a, there's another whole market that wants to go boom bap the more uh, some people go one way there's another group of people that want to go the other way and i think there's plenty of money and plenty of room hey, for just, everybody i feel like the boom bap thing i think just real real lyrics Real lyricism is coming back. Sure. I, I don't think it ever left. I think it just took a break, you know, but even the young cats right now are knowing that. Rolling joints like it's 87. What do you know about rolling joints in 87? You had to have a, you had to have a, a record cover <laughs> and you had to, you had to, uh, you had to get the weed all broken up. And then if you tap the record cover, the seeds would, would fall out, would fall to the bottom. I'm, I go 87, way back. 87 is funny. Yeah. I was rolling some bullshit. I wasn't even smoking big weed in 87, and I'm old as the hill. So I wasn't I, smoking shit, man. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You was barely born. I was about was, four years yeah, old. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, I came out the womb reciting Run DMC and Beastie Boys, man. So oh, my hip-hop DNA thing. goes back. It goes that's back to the day I was born, man. Who turned, did your, uh, who turned, did, did your mom or your, or your, or you have an uncle or older yeah, my brother? Uncle, who turned you on to hip hop? Uncle Booby, man. He turned me on to, Uncle uh, Booby, peace yeah. to him. Yeah. Uncle Booby, man. Uh, his favorite group was Run DMC, Public Enemy, Beastie Boys, DJ Hurricane, right. things like that. Okay. You know, I used to ask him all kind of questions. You used to see posters on the wall of all these guys. That's right. Gangstar, things like this. Nice. And, you know. Nice. I just stayed with me my whole life. Mom used to bump too short back in the day, man. You know. Well, that's big, man. Your mom bumped too short, and your yeah. uncle loved the East Coast. I, I, all that is great, great. My great, uncle was great. in the Marines. He was from Japan. He went to Japan. Okay, so, so that's how he got that worldwide hip hop. He got it all from around the globe. That's yeah, cool. Man. That's cool as shit. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate the uncles, older brothers, parents, siblings, whoever turns these artists on to hip hop. Because when I, by the time I'm speaking to you. You know, you you sound like you have a master degree at your craft and your songs are excellent. And I'm just happy for whoever started that, turned you on to hip hop. You know, I, I really appreciate that person. Shout out to my mom and my, my uncles. Them two right there. Yeah, your mom and your uncles. And going to a uh going to your girlfriend's cookout is tough if in a Latin family. <laughs> See, do you know? I, I I tell you this. One time, I was dating a I was dating a girl in Greenville, South Carolina, and and I went to her family cookout, and she had uncles, and I was the only white guy there. Black and uh, hmm, yes, black your black family. I was the only white guy there, and uh, most everybody was very cordial, especially the women. I think there was there was one. They all respected her enough not to really fuck with me. You know what I mean? But one uncle got a little drunk and started laughing and giving me a little shit. But, you know, you just, yeah, you just smile and take That's it. That's the South way. That's how people from the South do. They break you in to see what you can take, to see where you, they check your temperature. My like stepdad is white. And he's a police officer. And wow. he's a cowboy. Whoa. So those are three things that <laughs> black people really don't fuck with. You know what yeah, I mean? Stepdad. I'm a so, stepdad. So break that yeah. down. He, he How's your relationship way. with your stepdad? I love him. When I was a... Uh, when I was growing up, we had our differences. You know, I was a young teen I'm growing sure. up in the it's streets, tough. fucking yeah. around, in yeah, and out yeah. of jail. But being a man and a grown-ass man like I am now, I respect him and I love him. And, I, and I'm grateful that he came in my life and, like, tried to help me out, at least at that time. Man, that's you know a beautiful I mean? thing. Man. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. I hope uh, me and my stepson have had uh, a great time, a big breakthrough lately, and we're, we're getting along very much. How old is he? He's he's 21 now, getting ready to be 22. That's about the, the time where me and him really started getting along. I think it's when I think it's, I think when you're a teenager now, you know, and, and, and my stepson lost his father to cancer, so mm. there's a lot of heaviness that goes along more than just someone leaving. There's you know someone was taken from him, and um, you know in that situation there's there's some guilt even with just digging me at all because you feel like if I'm digging this guy, I'm not being true to my father. 
You know what I mean? From his perspective, I try to understand. Yeah, you, but I we're doing you. great. We are, we, we're getting along great. But I appreciate everybody that he's either had a stepdad or is a stepdad. And I try to learn from everybody's relationships. Uh, right I now, never had a dad. You right know? now, we're doing yeah. good. Yeah. Well, you know, and hey, I was. It's not easy having a white dad. I had one of those. Whoa, it's I not didn't, easy. I didn't have a police it's, officer. It's a culture shock. It's really cultural. And the police, the police officer thing is another whole thing because I knew we didn't get along at all when I was a teenager. I've said, well, you Whoa. were you were running the streets and he was the law. I used but, to take his vest to school. Whoa, like I'm a cool Whoa. guy. Whoa, like the bullet one, the bulletproof yeah. one. Whoa, you Stupid could get federal shit. time for yeah. that in Virginia. Stupid is that the same way out here? Stupid Jesus Christ, yeah. I'm pretty sure you can. But yeah, well, he was a cop, you know, and he loved your mom. Good thing for <laughs> good thing yeah. for you. He loved yeah. your mom. Yeah. You know, well, that's good to hear that all that all worked out, and you can navigate that. And I'm sure that gave you perspective into other white people. Maybe you know. Uh, yeah. do, you, do you think growing up under him, you maybe know how to deal with with white people better than some other people? I understand them a lot more. Sure, I do. You have I, an inside perspective, right? Yeah, definitely. It's it's different cultures, two totally different cultures. He yeah. adapted very well, though, man. He collard greens. He. <laughs> You know, he he just like us. Well, they're, good. they're good. They, they, they are good. a lot good. of weight over time. He knows. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he got a sharp perspective on black folks as well. Too. You start, you know, you start. Especially being the police, I, I, I kind of want to tap into his mind sometimes. But sometimes there's things that we can't talk about. You right. know what I mean? Right. It's just too it's, heavy. Yeah. Because he, li- he lives in a black and white world and he doesn't, you know, he thinks it's either good or evil. Right. He doesn't recognize, like, right. sometimes this dude got to do evil to, sometimes yeah. he got to. Some good can shit. come from the way we started. The, some, yeah. Sometimes good can come from a sometimes, robbery. Sometimes you know? he stole he stole that to feed his family. Right. That's the part he doesn't realize sometimes. No, he did something bad. He could have went and got a job. He doesn't realize Tell at the him moment. The, the, lion, the lion has to kill the elk to feed her family. Now, she's either got to be a killer or neglect her family. Which one would you choose her to do? And that's that's the way I look at some people in this life are pushed to unfortunate situations where it's similar survival to that mode. survival. And when it's hard for me to judge people in that hard, intense of a survival mode, because I've never had to live in that intense of a survival mode. So but, you know, I think police officers, are unfortunately, are brainwashed to a certain extent in the academy and just in the in the community. That Very they're in, much to where they're, you're kind of forced to believe a certain way. And if you don't believe a certain way, you're probably not going to get along, you know, so yeah. and they probably weed the guys out. If you ever see Serpico or movies like that, if the guys could be snitching and telling on them the whole time about doing shit wrong or not having the right attitude about things, they're going to get rid of that guy. They're not going to go yeah. to work every day with that guy. And the police is the police. That's what it is. But I'm glad that y'all could navigate y'all's relationship through all that, because there's a lot. I mean, you know, there's a lot in that relationship between bro, that, you and him. To, to, a bro, lot of need, obstacles. If y'all overcame it, I'm happy for you. It's hard. Like, it's hard to even watch the news when, like, he's next to me because mm-hmm. especially nowadays. The protest, the BLM, you know, we, we, you know, my wife has a gang of white friends, a gaggle of white people, and I love them to death. But sometimes they say the darndest things. Like, we were hanging out with them the other day. And uh, they they were talking that they didn't like this person. Uh, it was an ex teacher of theirs at the at the elementary school, and she said, "Oh, uh, we found out she was BLM." And then they thought about who they were talking to, and white people do this around me all the time. The little self corrections, like, "Oh shit, I just said that in front of," yeah. because then they realize, like, they remember they go back and remember my Facebook, and they're like, "Oh shit, he has black friends." He. You know, I'm actually I consider myself a associate, if not a friend with Fila, uh, you know, who's being prosecuted by the state of Arizona for protesting. So. So I You're talking I, about the artist. Yes. What? So what's, what's he's he, he went to protest and he's facing felony charges for for uh, charges that he got from a legal protest. He didn't do anything wrong, but because. You know, like the kind of shit where they tell you to go, and if you don't go, then it's felony trespassing or whatever. He got those kind of charges, and he's still fighting them to this day with the state of Arizona. So I do have friends that are involved in protests. I am on the side of the protesters. I am on the side of people not being killed for minor offenses. But she looked at me, and they realized that, and she said, oh, no, uh, she's with the bad BLM. What? I don't even know what that means. And so, but you know, it's a di- I really don't. It's a dinner party. I don't take the time to have those kind of conversations with people in a polite dinner party. So we just kept it moving and moved on. You I'm kind of in between with the Black Lives Matter anyway, man. You never know. You know, like people want to say, where's all that money going to and what's going on? You know, you don't, 
You need to know the inner workings. I don't give to many big charities because most of the time they're full Do you know who started the Black Lives Matter? Uh, I thought it was three black ladies is what they tell me. I'm know. hearing it's two white lesbians. I, I wouldn't disagree. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, this, that's why I don't just follow trains, man. I, that's why I, I never joined. Hop on a train. Well, I never, quick. I never joined. I never wanted to hijack anybody's black movement. That's why I never joined the Nation of Gods and Earths, and I never. Some things I just don't do. You know, I, I, I dabble and dabble and all that. Man. I stay I, out of black barbershops. I figure black people need some things that are just theirs. You know, I, yeah. I don't want to invade everywhere. If I'm invited, I'll come over, but I'm just not gonna show up and invade everywhere. I'm no. Yeah. I'm no, uh, I'm no, uh, I'm no conquistador. I'm not, that's not I don't, me. I feel, I remember in the uh, penitentiary, there was a white guy that was hanging around all the Islamic cats and we was having little meetings and stuff. You know, it was just all the black people in general. Well, I've heard some people go Muslim to, to, to have a team to get away from the drama I in felt jail. like that's what he was trying to do. And the black people was like, nah, you can't, no. Nah. Because they felt like it was going to start some bullshit, I guess. Right. And they know he's only there for At it. the end of the day, it's just easier if everybody plays their side in jail, right? And at the end of the day, mind your own business. Right. That's the biggest misconception about jail that you go I guess I need to talk to this. one of the Aryan nation. I want to be like, well, can, can I just sit over here or do I have to actively, like, hate black people out loud? Can I just sit here? Like, if I can just sit here. You but then just, I feel like they're going to have me on missions and shit, like picking nah, boogers, so. plucking boogers at black guys and getting in fights and shit. I'm not trying to do so. all that. They know who. What did you say? You said BET. You mentioned this has been the most mind-blowing thing to me. That was a Mexican interview. thing. That was a Mexican thing, actually. Where the, was Mexicans, like, you can't the Mexicans watch can't watch BET. When I was there, they couldn't get no lineups. They couldn't watch BET. The white people couldn't watch BET. They couldn't get no lineups. They couldn't... Uh, they couldn't so, even but listen it, aren't to the, aren't the, the TVs in a big room? Like, we're in a big living no, room. No, not in a penitentiary. Oh, you can have yeah. your own TV. Any room. Okay. Yeah. So, wait a minute. So, so a, a, a brother walks by my pod and sees me watching BET, and he will stop and tell me to turn that shit off or to come beat me up. Yeah, but the way, the way I've seen it done, <laughs> they'll walk by and be like... Oh, so you don't even know you get beat up. You get beat up, and you don't yeah. even know why. Oh shit, man! I am not up, doing man. any crime. I'm staying the fuck out of there. Bro, uh, man, that was the weirdest that experience crazy I ever to had. Me. Jail Wouldn't is a special the... place, man. I seen. Man, I don't want to uh, go there, man. Uh, uh, you can see me talking about. I go to jail. I'm gonna have to talk about uh, 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 Leonard Skinner. I'll be like, yeah, man. Hey, hey, <laughs> but hey. I, I'm just in here for a few months, buddy. I don't know, man. I, don't I got know, wild man. all the time. When they try to get me to hate black people, I just be over there. Like, I don't know, man. I, they wild. I don't know, man. I got. I don't don't get me wrong. I got along. Like I said, the most important thing to do is mind your own business. I got along yeah. with a lot of white people that dug. Like I could tell on the outs, like you, you deal with black people, right, like, right. But you and they know how to act. They know how to conduct themselves. Yeah. Like I'll still play ball with them. We'll still play cards, exchange CDs. But you know. Too tough on the hanging out, sitting on my bed. We chopping it up too much. That might not go on. Yeah. Wow. You know I mean? Okay. All right. Well, it's good to know. Good lessons. Just in case I get caught out there, just in case something happens, I need to know the rules. And I appreciate you helping me take the crown. Stories from the pen. Uh, and we, we had all that talk and I didn't even ask you what you did. So that's how I mind my business. Minding my business, I tell white people all the time, is the number one rule of life. If you mind your business, you can you you can wipe away a lot of the other rules because minding your business will help you keep you out of a I, lot I of situations. I didn't do nothing drastic. I mean, you know, I just got caught up on some That's no, okay. We don't have to talk about it. I'd yeah. rather not. That's your business and you're out now. You're free. You, you're beyond that. And I'm no Vlad at the end of the day. I'm no Vlad. Uh, you you paid your time. I can't, I can't incriminate as as, myself, baby. I'm as, good. As far as as far as I'm concerned, you paid your debt society, and it's not even worth mentioning. I do like the gems and the info you shared, uh, so I know how to act accordingly uh, when I go up in there. It's almost so, time for us to get out of here. If there's anything you want to see change in life, or about the Phoenix hip hop scene, or about Surprise Arizona, what would you change tomorrow if you could snap your fingers like that and change the world? Shit, man. If I could change anything, it would be the unification of our our scene out here. You know what I mean? I hear that. Stop the, uh, you know, the crab in the barrel mentality. I hear that. You know, congratulate each other. You know, it only takes two seconds to share each other's music. I hear and it's that. It's free. You yeah. know, you really don't, you know, you're not doing that. Yeah, yeah. And people, you know, artists, I know, anybody, share is a big thing to me. If anybody shares my shows, I, I really appreciate it. And I know artists always appreciate it if you share their music or turn other people on to their music. And, uh... It's so much good music out here. I'm constantly impressed. 
Dog, and, I think we I think we have the one of the best states for hip hop music. Man, I do. So I much agree. Talent. I'd rather listen no to the cap. Arizona hip hop than 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 uh, mainstream or any other regions hip hop. Shout out to Delhi one more time, man, for that two yeah. K. Yeah, game thing, man. Good, good yeah. shit. Man. What's That's the news guy. on that? He got his he got his song in two K. Yeah, he got it on. Yeah, two K twenty one, I believe. Two K twenty one. It's actually on the the actual soundtrack. That's, That's a big deal. That is a big, big deal. Big, I didn't big, know big, that. Big Thanks deal. for telling me that. Yeah, man. We got Factory Nothing, Yo Westwood signing the Sony Orchard. We got Deli every day on the uh, twenty one soundtrack. Uh, the the twenty one K. Uh, uh, music deal, so things are starting to pop off, man. We need that. We need everybody appreciation and tap in with each other. And like you said, a share, a like, uh, just a, a minor bit of support, and we can pull this thing together. Yeah, this is our community. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, yeah. We, this is our community. And that's what I say about supporting my show and podcast. When you support me, you support Yo Westwood, Bruce, yeah. uh, Joseph Bills, De La Prime, Tay the Crown. Uh, not just them, the, the, the younger names, the newer names, uh, Murder D, uh, the guy, uh, AVD, um, uh, GOD, Going Overdose Entertainment from Kingman. You know, when you support me, you support all of these artists. And I, wherever I go on all these platforms, I'm taking all of my interviews with me and I'm taking everybody with me because I honestly don't know. I firmly believe. And hey, it's already happened. Yog and Charlie and shout and out to Yog too. Man. Yog and Charlie, they just signed. There's going to be more artists signed that have been on my show. And as they as it happens, I'm going to celebrate them. I'm going to talk to all these people, and we're going to big up and celebrate each and every one of y'all as you make your moves. Whether it's going independent and maintaining that lifestyle, or getting distribution, signing the bigger deals, whatever you want to do with your thing, we're going to help you do it. And I'm taking everybody with me. I want to appreciate uh, and thank Kid K for coming in. I want to thank ABD for coming in. I want to thank. Bar- Paul and Mac and his team for coming in, sitting down with CEO Just early this morning. Uh, next week, we have Denzel Davis, four-time cancer survivor, fighter, conqueror on the show. We got new music coming He's too. got brand new music. You got music with Denzel? I love yeah, Denzel. Gotta, you and him together is going to be incredible. So I can't up, wait to yeah. hear that. Uh, early show next week as we have the festival taping and i will also be appearing on the hippie chronicles podcast hippie life podcast next week as well big 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 day next week thanks to everybody tuning in the show uh as always the show will be on facebook youtube tomorrow don't forget high noon yoga westwood drops on podcasts everywhere in your phone in your pocket rtu worldwide radio icon home of quality independent music on behalf of myself and tay rock thank you so much this for me that's you man before we get out of here, I look. know you said you like the Popeye joints. Look, oh, I love the Popeye joints. You do, we didn't even get to talk about this. You do all this? This yeah. all your merch? Yeah, I do all this. Look at this Bobby. beautiful work. Shout out to my mom. My mom loves Popeye, and and that's why I love Popeye. And that's Popeye yeah. and olive oil right there. Yeah, yeah. My mom's eighty some years old. Loves Popeye. She married a Popeye, so that's why she loves uh-huh. Popeye. Thank you so much for that, Tay. I really I appreciate it. it, man. I love great merch. It's been my pleasure talking to Tay Rock, Kumite Jewelry. Uh, the song with Rise Cast. He's got a bunch of new music with uh, artists on the rise. Be on the lookout for Tay the Crown. One of my shining stars would be on my cipher when I have it, but I'm not having one. Peace to the good two white friend Jake Lockley. Thanks for checking in, and we will see y'all next week with Denzel Davis. Peace, peace, and love. Chill.
Smokey Dollar. Thank you so much for coming to sit down with me today. Joseph Bill yeah, tonight, man. y'all. Now we get to you. I'm back, I appreciate you, bro. What an intro, man. You know him? The hand for Kit K. Good evening, this is Curve 360. Walter Cronwright, Dan Rather Smoke Weed, and I'd just like to say thank you to each one of you. This is Swerve 36, Old Granddad, Big Butch the Lesbian, Walter Cronwright, Dan Rather, Smoke Weed, Dirty Harry, Lee X the Theater. That's me, you know, and every week, right here from the beautiful Icon Radio, Respect the Underground Worldwide Radio Studios, we bring you the mission. Now, our mission is to talk to artists, and get to the root and to the seed and soil of their purpose their mission. That's what our mission is. And that's what we do here. Every- 